Oh, baby, we have got a new number one in this week's Big 12 Football Power Rankings. Welcome in. I'm Pete Mundo on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. It's always good to have you here as we uh, roll through what is 1 through 14. Technically, we're going to do this 14 through 1 as we count down the power rankings in the Big 12 Conference this week. Um, as always, Hit that thumbs up button on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube as well. And of course, we always appreciate you being here on the podcast page on Facebook Live. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. And I told you, I want to get to those 700 ratings on iTunes by Halloween. Can you help us out? Can you hit that five-star button? We greatly appreciate it. So there is a new number one this week. There also is a new number 14 uh, this week in the Big 12 football power rankings. So let's start at the bottom of the Big 12 football power rankings as we do each and every week here on the show. And in the basement, in the Big 12, in our power rankings are the Houston Cougars. Now you might sit there and you might say, well, hold on a second. Houston's one and one. There are a pair of 0-2 Big 12 teams. We don't do this like the standings. What do you think this is? If you want to read the standings, well, I, you know, go do that somewhere else. You can do that on your own time, on your phone. I'm not here to read the standings. I'm here to give you my power rankings. And my power rankings swing dramatically week to week. One, because that makes it fun. But because two, I base it off of what you've actually done. And I put extra stock in what you did or did not do the previous week. And Houston, coming off a win against UTSA, then completely... I don't even want to say the word, but you know what I was going for there, completely poops themselves and ends up in a situation where they're down 28 nothing to Rice, to Rice, for crying out loud. And then they got to come back, uh, they go to double OT, and they end up losing against Rice, 43-41. I mean, that was something that West Virginia fans, Big 12 fans who watched Dana Holgerson have seen for far too long. So... With that, I am putting Houston in the number 14 slot. At number 13 in the Big 12 football power rankings, I've got West Virginia. The Mountaineers are in the same spot as last week at 13. Great, they rolled Duquesne. It was Duquesne. And by the way, they trailed early 7-0. They had some special teams errors. Everything was bad out of the gates for the Mountaineers. The box score, the final score looks good. But I am keeping, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just keeping them in that 13 slot at West Virginia. So they're staying there right now. Meantime, at number 12, the BYU Cougars. Now, they're down from number 10. And some of you might say, why? BYU is 2-0. and Well, BYU has had the weakest Big 12 schedule to date. I don't know what this team is. I just can't figure it out yet. Right? I, so I'm putting them at 12 because they played the weakest competition. That changes dramatically this week against Arkansas. If BYU were to pull off a win or come darn close, I mean, we've got a different conversation. But right now, I have some questions about BYU. I don't know what they are. I'm putting them at number 12. At number 11, I've got Baylor in my Big 12 Power Rankings. Yes, they're 0-2. Yes, they lost to Texas State and they lost to Utah. But for three quarters against Utah, they were in charge of that game. A top 15 team, a team that's 
uh, won the Pac-12 last year, and is just a very good program inside the trenches. I thought Utah was going to push Baylor around in the trenches. They didn't. So I've got Baylor coming in at number 13 this week, at number 11 this week, excuse me, uh, in the Big 12 football power rankings. And, you know, they were a blown P.I. call away from possibly tying that game late. So Baylor comes in at number 11. At number 10, Texas Tech. Now, you might sit there and you might say, wait, oh, wait, Texas Tech, they're also 0-2. I understand that. But once again, you get a premier top 15 team out of the Pac-12 conference in your house in a back-and-forth game, several lead changes. I know that, you know, Joy McGuire going for it on fourth and two from his own 33 is going to drive you nuts, driving me nuts too. But I'll tell you right now, I mean, I've seen them play a top 15 team. They very much could have won that game. And, um, you know, the loss to Wyoming obviously still stings from a couple of weeks ago. But all in all, I, I don't think Texas Tech is going to end the season, you know, near the bottom of the Big 12. I just don't see that happening. So based on what I've seen from them thus far on the field, I know they're 0-2, but I've got them 10 in the power rankings this week. At number nine, Iowa State. Another Cyhawk game, another win for the Hawkeyes. I had concerns about a freshman quarterback, Rocco Becht, in that spot against a great Iowa defense. We saw the pick six. That was essentially ball game to me. It was first to 17 wins. And um, Iowa State comes up short, but they look good in week one against Northern Iowa. They did hang in tough and play a much better second half against Iowa. So all in all, I'm going to put Iowa State for now in that number nine slot. At number eight in the power rankings, TCU. Suddenly the Colorado loss doesn't look all that bad, right? Colorado's 2-0, beat Nebraska, top 20 ranking. Do I think Colorado finishes there? No, but it was not a horrific loss the more you see from Colorado and the more you learn about them. They blow out Nichols this past weekend. Um doesn't impress me to blow out Nichols. They should have blown out Nichols, but I still think that TCU is one of those teams, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that is going to be much better in week eight than they are, let's say, in week two, because there's just so many new faces that that offense has to uh, has to put together. Meantime, at number seven, I've got the UCF Knights at number seven. Uh, yeah, I get it. Drop passes, Final score could have been a much greater margin in favor of the Knights. But guess what? You still dropped the passes, and you still had to walk off against Boise State to win that game. Now, I, I said don't bet UCF minus 3.5. That was part of my picks last week. I said that UCF minus 3.5 was a bad bet. I said that um, in the podcast, in the show last week. So I, I, I didn't think that UCF was going to blow them out, but I didn't want to walk off win with, you know, time expiring on a field goal on the road. I didn't want that either. So, uh, and then, of course, you got quarterback Plumlee. He goes down. We'll get to more on that coming up. But uh, tough sledding right now for UCF. I've got him number seven. At number six, Cincinnati. My surprise team thus far in the Big 12 on how good they've looked. I picked them to finish last in the league, and uh, they do not look like the worst team in this conference, not even close to it, through a couple of weeks. Can't overreact, but they don't. Now, they beat Pitt on Saturday. Emory Jones continues to look like a very solid quarterback, and the defensive front 
We knew it was going to be strong. I mean, they were rocking and rolling. Eight uh, tackles for loss, five sack, sacks against Pitt. And I'll tell you what, the pressure's on West Virginia. They got to beat that Pittsburgh team. Neil Brown desperately, desperately needs to win that Pittsburgh game on Saturday. I, I mean, I, I don't want to say it'll save his job, but it might save his job. So I've got Cincinnati in the number six slot in our Big 12 football power rankings. At number five, Oklahoma State. I mean, it's weird. Oklahoma State, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, look how bad they are. They haven't figured out the quarterback situation. I'll get to more of that. But they're 2-0. and They got a power five road win over Arizona State. Right? Uh, defense was great in the second half. Hasn't been pretty at times. It's weird seeing three quarterbacks continuing to rotate through on basically – you know, uh, the same number of drives and snaps every game. It's strange, but Mike Gundy's strange. But you know what else Mike Gundy is? He's a winner. So I'm going to roll with Mike Gundy on this and see how it plays out, and I think Mike Gundy's playing the long game here. I don't think Mike Gundy thinks he's got a college football playoff contender this year. He doesn't. So he's like, let me just figure out who my quarterback's going to be. So then come the middle of Big 12 play, I feel great about what we've got. And maybe we can backdoor our way in or be competing for a spot in the Big 12 title game come November. That's the kind of year it is for Oklahoma State, and Mike Gundy's playing it that way. At number four in the power rankings, I'm rolling ahead with uh, OU. They beat SMU 28-11, solid victory. The defense is well ahead of the offense. Last year, they had an enormous number of missed tackles the first two weeks. That is not the case through the first two weeks this year for OU. Schedule's very weak, still got to get a feel for them, but I've got OU at uh, number four. At number three in the power rankings, KU taking care of business with Jalen Daniels back this past week against Illinois on Friday night. Um, Quick story, Friday night this past week, I was at a high school football game with my four-year-old here in the Kansas City Metro, and I'm at uh, Lawrence Free State against Olathe Northwest is where we went to watch the game. And Lance Leipold's son was a wide receiver, or is a wide receiver for Lawrence Free State. So, And I didn't know that. So I'm sitting there, and you know, the PA guy is like, 10-yard catch for Landon Leipold, I think was his name. And I'm like, huh. Now, maybe some other Leipold. I don't think it is, but I'm just saying. I'm like, all right. So dad is 30 minutes down the road in Lawrence, beating up Illinois. His son is here where I'm at, Olathe Northwest, and he is rocking and rolling against uh, Olathe Northwest for Lawrence Free State, and it was like 16 nothing of at halftime for that game. So that was kind of cool this past Friday night. Uh, but I've got KU at number three, and dang, Jalen Daniels, Devin Neal, that could be the best quarterback running back duo in the Big 12 when all is said and done. K-State at number two in the power rankings this week. Rolling Troy is fine, uh, but, you know, we're going to learn a lot more about K-State against Mizzou this week. I want to see how the offensive line holds up against that Mizzou D-line. That's what I'm most intrigued by in that game. And um, I still think K-State can repeat as Big 12 champs, but I got to put them at number two. Why? Because the number one team in the Big 12 football power rankings this week are the Texas Longhorns. No ifs, ands, or buts. You can't question it. I don't care how much you say horns down. None of it matters. Texas is number one this week, and they deserve to be number one 
in our Big 12 football power rankings, no matter what anybody says. You go on the road, you beat Nick Saban in Alabama, and you do it in the trenches. You dominate, frankly, Alabama in the trenches. You're 2-0, and you deserve the number one spot in our Big 12 football power rankings this week. I'll give you double horns down. That's fine, but I'm putting them at number one. That's what I do. I'm a fair arbiter of the Big 12 Conference. No one's fairer than this show right here. By the way, thanks for being here on the show. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. And uh, please do leave us a rating and a review on the podcast as well. Five stars. We'll hook you up with the Heartland College Sports Koozie. When you um, do that, just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Now, let me answer this question here on Heartland College Sports real fast. Is Texas back? The answer to that is very simple. No. No, they are not back. Texas, which has been down for 15 years, does not get to declare itself back by winning a non-conference game in the first half of September. You don't get to do it. And I'm not saying Texas is doing it. Now, Sam Ellinger famously tried to do it a few years ago after they won that big bowl game. But no, Texas is not back. Texas looks like a team that can legitimately play in a college football playoff and compete in a college football playoff. Absolutely, they look like that kind of a team. But we have seen very talented Texas teams fizzle out very quickly in conference play in the Big 12 over the last several years. So I think that they look like the best team after Saturday in this conference. I will give that to them. But Texas looking like the best team or having the most talent in the conference has never been the problem. So I'm not going to sit here and be, of course Texas is back. Hell of a win. But you know as well as I do that that game meant so much to Steve Sarkeesian, to him getting that kind of a victory. I mean, that is bigger than any win he was going to get in the Big 12 this year. That's the kind of win for Steve Sarkeesian, that unless the season falls completely off the rails, he can point to and say, I took down Nick Saban in his house. And you can't question it. He needed that in so many ways. But does it mean that they are going to steamroll through the Big 12? I mean, based on what I saw on Saturday, they could if they bring that kind of performance to the table every Saturday. But what is there to suggest in the history of Texas football over the last decade plus that that's going to happen? I'm happy to be proven wrong. If I'm proven wrong, I'll own it. I'll admit it. I might even flip this sign right side up that I've got on the back wall here with the horns down. I, might, I just might do it. I might. I'm not promising anything, but I might. Out of respect. But I got to see it to believe it. Can we play one Big 12 game here first? That's all I'm asking. One. Before we say Texas is back, you know, before we hit the halfway mark in September for crying out loud. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not. And um, I've seen this script play out before, as many of you have. So let's pump the brakes on that one here for a second. Uh, meantime, we found out today that UCF is going to be without Plumlee, a quarterback, uh, for a few weeks. Now, you might think, oh, gosh, poor UCF, the season's over. Not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso would say. Backup quarterback has some talent. Timmy McLean is his name. 
and Timmy McLean is going to step in, and as Gus Malzahn said, he understands our system, and we have prepared him for this moment. He was a three-star guy coming out of high school in the class of 2021. Um, He was one of the most prolific passers in Central Florida high school football history, 45 starts at Seminole High in nearby Sanford. 6'1", buck 95, uh, recorded 6,300 passing yards, 1,000 rushing yards, 85 touchdowns for the program, led him to 40 wins, capped off his career uh, with a Class A state championship down there in Florida. So he went to UC, uh, USF, South Florida, and then he lost the starting job last year to Gary Bohannon. You may remember him from Baylor. He left Baylor when Shapin was named the starter, went to USF, and then Timmy McLean lost the starting job to Gary Bohannon, and he transferred to UCF and sat out last year. But Guy's a left-hander, by the way, as a fellow lefty myself, and I mean that only in the throwing sense. Um, This guy has the ability, and I think he's kind of one of these classic under-recruited three-star guys. Maybe a tad undersized, but dang, he's got talent around him at UCF. He almost led USF, by the way, to an upset win over UCF a couple of years back. Uh, They are very high on Timmy McLean, and I would not sleep on him. I I understand you lose a leader like Plumlee, it's going to hurt, but everyone's just like, oh, Plumlee's done, so UCF season is over. I I know a young player is tough, but I would not be sitting here saying that UCF season is over because Plumlee went down. I I think that a lot of fans are going to be surprised by the depth that Gus Malzahn has in that program and has developed in that program, and it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun to watch. Meantime, um, speaking of quarterbacks, I touched on it a little bit earlier, but Mike Gundy saying it might be difficult to name a starting quarterback before Big 12 play. That starts in two weeks for them. This week, they've got South Alabama. Don't sleep, by the way, on South Alabama. It's only an eight-point spread, so keep an eye on that game. Let's see how it plays out. But um, people are freaking out over it. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of Twitter warriors go out and say, oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, Mike Gundy, what is he thinking? He's not going to name a starting quarterback before Big 12 play? This guy's nuts. Mike Gundy's 2-0. Knock on wood, he'll be 3-0 after non-conference play. And he still might not have his quarterback. I don't know. I'd roll with Gunnar Gundy based on what I've seen. He's led the team to the most points. Uh, out of the three quarterbacks this season, they've had an equal number of drives, you know, within one either way. And I'd be rolling with Gunnar Gundy. And I, I have, I am totally speculating on this, but I do wonder if Mike Gundy is so cognizant of the nepotism potentially involved here that he is going to make Gunnar Gundy earn this more than anybody else. And if he is doing that, I respect the hell out of him for doing that, by the way. But a part of me wonders if Gunnar Gundy's last name was Smith, if he'd be the starting quarterback by now. But Mike Gundy's being so cautious because it's his son that he is basically saying, hey, these guys are going to split playing time three ways. And if it takes me to week four to finally announce Gunnar Gundy's the starter, it's going to be because this guy earned it over a month of game action. And no one's going to be able to accuse me of just playing him because he's my kid. I, you know, I don't think that's what's going on here, but nothing would shock me one bit anymore. 
um, because I, my Gundy's just a different cat, man. <laughs> and the guy just continues to win. There's no denying that. Oh, goodness gracious. Meantime, uh, Jeff Levy calmed things down in Norman this week. He had his press conference on Monday. And after the Art Bryles drama over the weekend where he is spotted on the field, he basically said, uh, didn't want anything to be a distraction. He did not have a sideline pass. And I'm done talking about it. Let's talk about SMU or Tulsa. I respect that. Let's all move on and be adults. And uh, in the end, I think it was ridiculous. In no way defending Art Bryles, but ridiculous that OU media that, you know, worships Barry Switzer and excuse Joe Mixon and all these things now was offended by Art Bryles standing on the field with his family. He's Jeff Lebby, father-in-law, the offensive coordinator for the Sooners. But I got into that on Sunday's uh, podcast after the games, if you want to hear more about that. And um, I got some good news for Texas Tech fans. I know you're 0-2, but a five-star wide receiver committed to you on Monday night, Micah Hudson. That's right. Five-star wide receiver has joined the Red Raiders. Um Absolutely enormous and very impressive. And you know what? Um, <laughs> Joey McGuire is going to be recruiting like an absolute beast. There's no doubt in my mind that's going to continue. And eventually, he'll be in a good place uh, winning some games. Let's roll through uh, some of your comments here on YouTube and Facebook Live. Share the video. Hit that thumbs up button on YouTube. I appreciate you doing that. It helps us in the algorithm of the show. Get more viewers, subscribers. That allows us to reinvest here at heartlandcollegesports.com. And on the podcast, can you help us get the 700 ratings by Halloween? We're like 50 away, I think. So do that. Hit the five-star. It takes you two seconds. And um, if you could, leave a rating and a review as well. I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you do that. Just email me, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Uh, Jacob writes, I hope tech gets it together. More discipline. Yes, that's a problem. No doubt about it. Uh Elijah writes, Pete, hate Texas all you want, but they handled business. They did. Uh, you can't take that away from them. Is Cincinnati a dark horse? I'm not going to call them a dark horse yet, but what I'll say about Cincinnati is that they've been the most surprising team for the better. Like on the positive end of things, Cincinnati's been by far the most surprising to me. Tech or Baylor, you could split them on who's more disappointing right now, but Tech, uh, but, but, Cincinnati's been the most surprising for the better. Uh, Zach, if Houston and Baylor are not 13 and 14, you are not to be taken seriously. Uh, I love you, Zach. I really do, my man. But I can't do that right now. Not when I see West Virginia going down 7-zip against Duquesne. I watched that game, you know, myself firsthand on ESPN+. And I'm like, I don't care. It's Duquesne. You go down 7-plus, we got a problem. I just, I can't get in there. Uh, Matt asking, is Cincy or UCF better built to handle the Big 12 schedule or gauntlet? I think it's UCF. I think UCF has the depth. You know, Cincy's got a great D-line, strong front seven, Emory Jones at quarterback. But if they lose a couple of key pieces to injury, I don't believe that Cincy has the depth or the horses to handle the Big 12 gauntlet. I think UCF does, and I think you're going to start to see that here quickly at the quarterback position with a guy like Timmy McLean. So of those two, I'll take UCF. Score prediction, Tyler asking for K-State Mizzou. Uh, hang tight on that, Tyler. It's a long week ahead, man. It's only Monday. All right, brother? So a lot of good stuff coming in tonight, guys. <laughs> 
All right, how about this? West Virginia's defense in the wor- is the worst in the Big 12. It might be when all is said and done. It might be. Got to be Pitt this week. I don't know if Neil Brown's going to get Lane Kiffin on the tarmac. Uh, well, no, it's at home, so he's not. Never mind. Sorry. Apologies there. But <laughs> Neil Brown's got to win this game. He really does. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day. Subscribe, thumbs up on YouTube. Thank you so much for being here. Pass this show on to your friends. It would mean the world to me. If we all take one friend, pass it on to them if they're a Big 12 fan, we double the audience. And that would be huge for this show as we continue to grow throughout Big 12 country. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.